ho ho ish and welcome to the sort of festive edition of the mad axman podcast what that really means is we're going to take a break for a few weeks until the new year so so make the best of this one sit back and enjoy it we've got our usual gang we've got our usual end of um, end of year set of random conversations but on our festive theme the closest we could get is to try and find something that didn't cost us anything to give you so what we've got is a special feature on other podcasts that we listen to that are probably better than this one computer games to spend more time than listening to this one also which wargaming websites it's worth having a look at so we've got all of that we've got the painting we've got the chat we've got andy's quiz it's all coming to you and you can stretch this one out all over christmas this means war Well, here we are. This is a, um, oh, God, I was going to do some dreadful Christmassy thing there, but, but this is probably our last podcast before Christmas, I believe, unless we, we sneak out some sort of weird, special, festive Santa, Santa's elves as a DB fantasy version oh, army oh, thing or hordes of the things army or something like that special. Um, yet again, at, at the end of what's been a tumultuous year, I think, Tamsin, your blog was saying that we've done nearly thirty of these podcasts with twenty-eight or something of with the full set of um, seven of us in in lockdown world. I, I think no, I read something this 27. week. Twenty-seven. Twenty-seven. Then, so this will be twenty-eight, which is is not bad. That's that's one every other week. Um, yeah, plus the t- plus the two specials. Plus the glue and the other ones, and, and a couple glue of other bits paintbrush in there. specials. So glue and paintbrush specials. This will make it thirty. Yeah. This will make it thirty in a year, which is quite spectacular. Um, given our paucity of um, intellect and um, wit and erudition, I, and you've done, and the, well, in, there's also been a couple of list specials as well. There's been a couple of one-offs as well, but I think in terms of, in terms of, I think what what radio people would call, um, is it Constantly. the zoo? I think no, no. I think we're the zoo, aren't we? This zoo format podcast, possibly. Um, this is That's zoo format. Zoo format. I think that's what it's called. Um, <laughs> Yeah, indeed. And um, oh, so you'd think we're just monkeying around. Pete, take yourself outside. Give yourself a talking to for that <laughs> yeah. one. No, no, that's actually no, good. I, that, that's... I blame the COVID. <laughs> no, I think, I think my cough out today. <laughs> no, I think it's it's nice to get a chance so early in the podcast to hear the. Um, the, the tumbleweed noise and it's not even Andy doing it this no, time. That's, so that's, 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 nice that's very yeah. good. Very, very good. I'll so no, um, no, indeed. So um so without further ado with the full set of people, we'll um we'll start spinning around the the zoom screen and um and ask that tremendous now almost mandatory not almost literally mandatory question that what have you been painting this week? And Adam, I can see you there staring at something on a sprue. So so there's been clipping, painting, gluing, all sorts going on. I'm imagining, unless you just started this minute. No, I've I've, I've just been slowly sort of well, that's like fastishly um, painting um, those Dacians again. Twenty-eight mil. It's um, I'm doing some more because I'm getting a bit ahead in my prepping because I find it easier to do gluing or doing the podcast and painting. Painting takes a bit more um, attention. Yeah. Um, and yeah, stuff's going on. The only thing I'd say about it, because again, I'm doing a fair, I'm not doing really detailed painting. I'm doing a fairly basic technique. And I keep being surprised by, because I'm doing in batches of 30. Usually with 28, 25 mil, I do batches of 24. 
um, infantry or 12 mounted. Because um, I think that goes back, back to playing 6th edition, where a unit yeah. was kind of 24. <laughs> Always 24, yeah. Um, but because I'm doing 130, I thought if I do 30 in a batch, that, that takes out one batchness of it. Mm. Um, but doing 30, I just reminded myself of, even if you're not doing lots of fancy, tas- fancy Tasman-like techniques, how much longer it paint, takes to paint a 25 mil figure than a 15 or a 10 mil figure mm. just to get the coverage. It's like, oh, certainly. Bloody hell. It's like, I'll sit down and just sort of like, just do the tunics. We'll take, no, I, I think that might be one of, the, um, one of the hidden advantages of those contrast paints because they're, they're so sort of ink-like. They just slop on really quickly and you can just okay. kind of, you know, bang them over. You're not having to actually paint them. You're, you're sort of slopping them onto the figure. I think Peter, you've you've used a few of them as well. Is that um, is that laziness something that you've seen as well? Uh, it's, it's it's not laziness. It's efficiency, efficiency, efficiency. of action, efficiency and especially action. those Arabic flowing robes. It's just it just eases into those crevices and just uh, it just fulfills it so much better. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to cut that little bit out and use it as a <laughs> one of the bits at the end as well. Just we don't want to know about oozing into your crevices this early in um, in the pre-festive season. All right. So what what oh, colours? Um, it's gone to my head. No, it's all gone. So what? Adam, what sort of colours and things have you been? Has it put you off doing some patterns and things like that? Just the sheer volume of them. Would you think if you had? I'm a not really doing patterns. Do more... I'm sort of like doing block colours, and then I'm going to put the sort of like army painter slop on top. So yeah, because they're supposed to be because they're supposed to be sort of like. Asian warriors, so I don't think they're supposed to be working class. They're sort of like the elite of the society. Um, a lot of the trousers are white or grey or brown, and the tops I'm giving more colour to. So some are going to be sort of like neutral, but some are going to be sort of like dark what green, dark blue, painting? dark red. Sorry? What is it you're painting? Uh, Dacians. Dacians, oh yeah. The ones with the, the thing funny I like, Which might take you some time, Adam, I found when painting my, nor- my um, Normans and stuff, is the shields. When, you, when you're doing shields for a 25 mil army that you know they're not uniform colored shields like romans you think i've got to make them all different they've got to look quite nice and that's i found that a bit challenging it's there's it's i've got my technique it's like you've got your batch and you do one color on that and you do that that either a whole shield or half a shield and you sort of like bounce through on colors so that that's not too bad and i've got some um so i generously donated by simon some um transfers stick on to put patterns on um have they have they got helmets um most of them not most of them are hair a few got hats a few of the really sort of like ones got helmets that's the bit that gets me when i'm doing uh if i remember doing 28 mil and it's like trying to do the heads and and then i'm trying to get different colors of the hair and everything else Mm -hmm. i feel guilty if i don't mix this up and i will do but again that's sort of like you do all the light browns you do all them you do all them so that's not too bad i mean it's one of the advantages of doing mediterranean type figures it's all black yeah, that's, um, that's my arabs they, there's i don't think there's a, anybody who's not got a black head of hair unless you don't get too many ginger arabs do you there's not too many gingers out there funny enough funny enough yep possibly there are some there are some but um okay so so it's been sticking and gluing and, and doing dacian so of your 130 then what's and you're doing them in 30s how many 30s is this 30 number two 30 no, number still three? number one I, 30 I, number one i've got two batches prepped up um i've started painting the one i've done sort of like most of the tunics and trousers and stuff so that's most of the first batch done but i'm not in a rush the romans i did loads um to get them done because i was getting close 
but um, this I'm kind of taking it easy. I've been doing quite a lot of work as well, so I'm in no rush. I'm happy just okay. toodling along, getting it. And as I say, it's like a couple of hours. I paint for a couple of hours and go, oh, I just I don't seem to have done loads. But one thing I always find about painting toy soldiers, and this is any scale, it seems to be taking bloody ages to get a bunch done. And then the last bit is all in a rush. Mm. It seems to be taking ages. And then all of a sudden, oh, it's done. Brilliant. So um, I'm sure that will be the effect of these as well. Okay. They're getting close to finish. So, so um, looking around the screen, Mr. Saunders, you're, um, you're waving your, your large technical electrical implement and you're, you're attempting to, <laughs> to put some sort of weird crocodile clip um, into the screen, which I'm, I'm recording from in horror. Um, yep. Yeah, stop. Yeah. I, I can see your hair standing on end there. Um, you know, but for me, this is the second time I've seen you on screen this week after your um, performance fronting the Hold Steady um, in, in Brooklyn on a live stream I watched on Sunday night. But, um, but other than that, for the rest of us, it's probably first time out. So have you just been reverse re-engineering flock? Your car radio. Yeah. Have you, have you reverse engineered some flock or something like that? Um, has it just been re-flocking everything you've got now you've got this mad new toy? Or, or does it just not work and it was a waste of money? Um, it, no, it, it, I, I'm surprised how much it actually does work, actually. <laughs> how, how, much, how much did you spend on this thing that you didn't expect to work? About 17 quid, I think. Okay, that's, that's reasonable. Well, eBay. Oh, that's about the same as the price of um, Gothic Cavalry, isn't it? Yeah. It's, it's absolutely a piece of... Uh, What's the word? A guy lives in Pinner. Um, yeah, anyway. So, I mean, it's, it's hard enough getting the batteries inside it. Right, that's another thing I'm going to clip out and use at the end of the podcast. But, um, <laughs> the, yeah. uh, the, the flock seems to be attracted into the sieve rather than coming out of the sieve. So it's a it's a flock hoover. You've bought a flock hoover. Are you sure you've not got the battery in the wrong way around? But it, I mean, I, I, I basically I've, I've, I've been watching strange videos on YouTube <laughs> with people. With do we need to know this? Do, do, Dave, <laughs> Dave, please. Can I drink first before you carry on? Yeah, because yeah, yeah. that could go so horribly wrong. Exactly, that's <laughs> what I'm saying. On YouTube, people using battery-powered devices. Yeah, exactly. One for flocking, them. for flocking. Which, which makes your stay, hair stand on end. This yeah. is just going downhill fast. Yeah. yeah. Techniques for your flocker. Flocking yeah. techniques on YouTube. Okay. Dave, you might have to get you bailed before you can take part in the next podcast. Well, yeah. actually, yeah. how much it actually works. Did you see the film, Dave? Meet the Flockers. Yeah. I have seen the first one, not the second one. Yeah. The second one was pretty rubbish. No, I mean, it actually does make your flock stand up on end. Yeah. So, uh, again, not <laughs> how <laughs> the hell does this thing actually work? Because we can all see it on the screen. Well, and, I mean, and, you know, even, see, even seeing it on screen, I don't think we know more than people listening to this podcast will do. Well, it, it looks is. like it looks like a kind of plastic torch glass, glass jar um, attached to a hairdryer. And you're holding it upside down and it's got a cable off it with a, a crocodile clip on the other end. So, so what do you clip the crocodile clip to then? I, the, base, I, the base of what... Uh, Think before you answer. The yeah. base you're flocking. The base so you're flocking. You're making a, an electrical charge between your crocodile clip yeah. and your box of uh, your, your sieve thing. on the clock. But what I'm right. finding is... Because I'm doing 15 millimetre bases, so you're not exactly using this thing. So 
what you do is put, put a bit of glue on the base. Yeah. Um, put your pin, I, I put a safety pin into the, into the electric, into the crocodile pin. Put mm. the pin into the glue, sprinkle yeah. with block, and then bring your uh, electrical charge close. And then you get this weird hiss, um, hissing sound. <laughs> and that's the block that all standing up. Is it like casualty and you have to shout out charging? I mean, that does actually work. Look, look, look. Whoa, that was scary. So it's charging at the end. So the, so the arrow is plunged into darkness. Arrow is indeed plunged into darkness many times. But is, yeah. um, is, does glue take an electrical charge then? Or is it just between the... It's conductive. I've, I PVA, most, most glue, PVA glue conductive. got water in. Why? Why? There's the water in the glue, so that's like basically. Well, what I think I, I'm not sure about this, and I, I could be corrected. I think if you put magna base on the bottom of the base, yeah, that helps get a connectivity. Right. I, I don't know if this is true or not. So what I'm thinking is I might put my pin into the magna base and then bring the other part down, and that that does create this hissing sound. And that, as I say, the hissing sound is the flock standing up on end. So you're basically putting little bases. You're you're jamming an electrode into the into a base. You're smearing yeah. some glue on it. You're flocking it normally, and then you're putting this kind of weird bell jar on a stick Close. over the top of the figures, and the flock kind of stands up, it and does. some of it gets sucked up into the the machinery. No, no you put the flock into into that jar thing. Okay. But I that's your reservoir for the for the static right. grass. I'm using one of these. Then, okay. As it goes through the sieve, I think on your on Dave's one, it's the sieve is, atta is attached by a wire to the to the ion generator in the handle. Exactly. I'm I'm sorry I'm sorry, Tamsin. You said there's an ion generator. Yeah. Are we sure we're not doing something that's in your Judge Dread like game? You know, does this roll no. six extra dice if you if you wheel out the ion generator? No, you use the ion generator to charge up the rail gun. Right, yeah. the rail gun. Yes, of course. I just get the safety glass to come out. Don't charge the. It's iron. gone a blow, Captain. It's gone a blow. Okay. So, is this not so, Back to the Future or something? Yeah, I think we're back to something. So, so Dave, have you done? Have you done anything else other than play with this electrical toy all week? Uh, at I've all. I've been painting some Byzantines. I have. I mean, I, I know I keep saying this. I've finished the um, Württemberg division. Right. Hey. Final. I've got the final yellow flag bunch. Yeah, is that is that how they were known in um, in Napoleonic times? The no, yellow flag bunch. They've got their sticker on it. They are Regiment Number One, Prince Paul, Prince Paul, Prince Paul. And are they now galloping through um, knee deep vertical long grass? Yeah, and it's weirdly enough because it's it, is it me or is static grass kind of shiny? Sometimes. Yeah, this this seems to be shiny. So I'm waiting. I've got a dull coat then. Well, I've got maybe that's a harrow thing. Um, yeah, possibly. I think it depends on what, what it depends on what the on on the brand brand of static grass and also on the on the colours that are used. Right. I'm just I'm just reassured there, Tamsin, that you didn't say no. You can buy wet look static grass if you wish to depict your figures in shortly after a um a, a small shower, in which case some of the flowers probably no. Not that so I've got two colours. I've got a summer two-tone grass, which is uh, two millimetre, and I've got some which came with the flocking device, which is four millimetre. 
And I think I'm actually getting close to having the thing where you create a circle of two millimetre, put a blob of glue in the middle, and then put some four millimetre glue in the centre and make that stand up so you get almost proper like tufts, like those Minotaur tufts. So soon, within possibly, you know, the rate you're going, within a couple of years, you could actually have a business selling tufts. I could. Yeah, well, about yeah. five years after everybody else has got bored of this technique. Yeah, you can sneak in and do that. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so what, what are the buyers and times? Are they um, what more heavy cavalry or, or pedestrians? Um, oh, they're, 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 they're later period, so they're, they're Heraclean. So they're, uh, I could, I could, if I looked at um, the Phil Barker book, I'd actually tell you which ones. They're, they're War and Empire ones. Right. Okay. But we've we've ordered. We've, well, we're in the process of ordering a big order for Christmas, aren't we? Yeah, I think I'm. I'm, I'm trying to corral a Legio Heroica order, and um, the the stuff that I was going to get was reasonably limited. And then Dave, I think you've already sent me over your top up, which is kind of a top up and um, over the top and oh, spilling well. down onto the table um, compared to my order. So, um, if if any of the rest of you have still looking at that Lee Joe Heroica catalogue. Um, obviously not in the podcast. It's a bit like um, watching I'm a Celebrity on Catch Up. Don't vote now. Voting is already finished. But, um, but, but yeah, there's, there'll probably be a Lee Joe order going over, the, um, over to Giuseppe just before we all get panicked by Brexit or whatever that's going to mean for, for buying soldiers from Europe. So, um, and whilst we're, talking, whilst we're talking in the world of international, Mr. Lee Ray Mayer, um, that's a good segue to you. Um, your Antipodean and soldiers buying expertise. What's what's this week been like for you? Um, so I've been busy painting two different types of armies. So I've been adding more to my rampant dragon uh, rat army, which is always cute. Yeah, um, the greater empire of cheese is slowly, slowly expanding. Um, my uh, I'd ordered a whole bunch of the dragon rampant or um, ducks biliarum. I think they were uh, war bases. So bases from war bases, sort of like you know, pre-made ones for twenty mil. Um, oh, the ones that you swap figures ones. into, yeah. Yeah, so they're sort of all just like different shapes rather than being the ADLG block size. Square. So because the idea with um, Dragon Rampant is it's more war band based, so it's more of dynamic type of troops. So they've arrived. So I've been busy uh, amusing myself with those as a, as a war gamer can do. Um, then to take a break for that, I, um, you know, as, you, as you do, you rummage through your various boxes of toy soldiers and you discover parts of an ancient British army that you started in uh, lockdown one. Um, and you Is find that, you. I, I thought we'd seen all of that. Was there even more of it? Is that the one you, you bio stripped from Australia or something? Yeah, wasn't so, it? Um, <laughs> as a war gamer, you always find more toys uh, in the cupboard. So I found um, a bunch of druids that I'd um, painted up, but hadn't done any more. So I then um, assembled more parts of Stonehenge to make a whole series of ambush and one new D markers. Because, you know, if you're going to have ancient heritage yeah. or ancient gauze, you've got to have standing stones. Um, and then rummaging through the boxes, I found a bunch of Lanschnick 15 mil figures from Blue Moon. Um, I had uh -huh. a bunch of their commander bases. So I've now based them just on uh, 20 mil square bases. And the idea I'm going to use for those for ADLGR, for if you're playing Italian wars, is how to represent a keel that's gone into square, you know, when it's being mounted all that. I've got a few spare figures. Here's little square markers. Like, ta-da, there you go. A keel's in square formation. 
That's yeah. good. If you've got enough figures to do separate um, separate things in squares, that's almost getting into kind of doing battle empire and building separate figures out in in squares for that as well, which which has crossed my mind. Um, but yeah. maybe best not go there. Yeah, I did that with um, I used um, I play blue car for my Napoleonics before BE came out, and I bought a whole bunch. My whole Napoleonic Austrian army is all based on Lancashire models. And you always get a few models as part of their big packs. So what I did again for them to make the uh, being in square formation was just little two or three musket or whatever figures on a round base. You just put it next to the the battle unit because I based all mine on a, a big single square, just a lot easier. Um, it's like in square, not in square. Ta-da! Yeah, got the few figures spare. Might as well use them. They look pretty. This means war. Let's, let's keep going around the circle. Um, Tamsin, um, what about you? You were going to, was it starting some cobblestone this week? Did that, did that get done or? Um, Maybe not. You'll be pleased to hear that, well, pleased, shocked. Yeah. Disappointed. Right. Hear that I didn't actually finish. Oh, right. You didn't finish. God, I was going to, I thought you were going to say you didn't start, but, but you know, your rate of, um, of painting. So you, or, or did you not finish the infamy stuff then? Um, or was it the, all the cop, all the cobblestone people? I did. I, it was six cobblestone and figures and I've got one painted. Okay. So Jenny, he's kind of a, a butler in a red waistcoat with a metal butler, head. Yes. With a robot head. Okay. And the other five, I've, started but not got very far on yeah because looking at those on on my world they'd be um finished to a higher standard than i've done anything in the last four years but um but i i, I can kind of buy into the fact that you're yeah, you still look at those flesh, a whip I've got flesh tones done on them all no that's really great yeah and started putting sort of started work on the clothing and hair but haven't got haven't got as far as i as perhaps i'd have liked saying Partly yeah. because it wasn't mentioned, it didn't mention it during the last podcast. Uh, I had some suspected mumps back then. Right. I seem to have, all the symptoms have gone, but I've just been a bit drained for last week, right. since I finished, so. Well, you know, I, th- I think maybe we can introduce a whole new feature of, um, of illness of the week. Yeah. And, you know, like, like when we, um, previously, we used to do two army lists and vote on the best one. We can have a vote between um, between you and Peter whether yeah. whether whether mumps and COVID, which one we feel is more convincing yeah. as a as a story, possibly to, as an excuse for not doing painting. So, okay, all right. Well, with with that one, then Peter, um, have you have you managed to out? You know, you've, you've obviously been knocked over. Um, it, it's a tough old thing um, by the sounds of it, and, and someone actually going down with this. Have you have you even not even managed to get any spraying done? Has it just been a, a blank um, Any internet? No, shopping? I'm. I managed to do a bit of spraying and even started to do some painting of uh, the variants at the weekend. So it's slow going. Because um, a, a week ago, you couldn't have even have, have done that, could you? You were, no. you were not quite over. <laughs> my, my concentration and focus just weren't there. Uh, quite wow. literally, I just couldn't. So I managed to get a bit done uh, at the weekend, but it's just short. You know, I've, I haven't got my full concentration back yet, so I'll just just been working in small batches taking it easy but uh yeah just been very tired yeah 
very yeah. strange. But um, no, it's, it's, they're slowly coming along. Um, I'm taking it easy. Um, no, that's, that's the right Nice to, to do, actually do it to as a sort of distraction. Um, but yeah, I'm looking forward to um, having some break over the holiday and doing a bit more um, on some of the other projects as well. Yeah, well, I suppose it's it's one of the things that, that you know, working from home or, or being off sick normally does mean more painting time. But um, but if you're you know genuinely not well enough to do any painting, that's that's a pretty high benchmark for any war gamer to to understand yeah. and, and recognise. Yeah, it was su- suitably surreal. Suitably surreal. Yeah. Okay. Well, going around the, the house is there, Mister Finkel. Um, what about you? What's what's been in the in the Finkel household, in the Finkel kitchen, on the painting table this week? Well, I, I actually finished an army I didn't realise I actually had, in that I finished painting those few bases of uh, Thracians, put them all together, and I discovered that with all the various, um, what do you call the thing, javelin men and stuff and light infantry that I've got, I've actually have enough guys to make a complete Thracian army. So that was the result. Wow! Wow, that's that's what that's quite a lot of bases of medium foot and yeah. Well, is, that re, is that recycling some cavalry or something from from elsewhere? Well, I, I can recycle the, the, the Carthaginian cavalry and they can pretend to be um, uh, Thracians. But um, yeah, uh, I, I think I've got about fifteen bases of uh, medium swordsmen or spearmen with wearing Thracian type hats or with the half moon shields. Um, so that plus a bit of cavalry and um, gives 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 you kind of enough enough guys. So you got to tell us: is a Thracian army one you've always wanted to do? Is it just that sort of like screaming in, running in, charging? Um, not consciously, but um, I did want Obviously to have subconsciously. <laughs> yeah, I I've always thought you need few. What happened was I had some sold sold. I had a whole load of stuff sold stolen from the back of my car. Uh, some years ago, including some really nice uh, Thracian peltas. And then whenever I go to shows, I think, oh, I need a, one or two bags of Thracians, and you buy them. And you forget you got them. Then you buy other bits from other where. You know how it is. It's like Simon said he discovered he had all these extra um, lanch necks and stuff. Or, you know, I looked at the cupboard, and ooh, all of a sudden I've got this stuff. And, and Ian from the Isle of Wight gave me those Camelot figures, which I, two bags of them, and I finally got around to painting them, added everything up, and I've got enough for the Thracian army, which is um, good news. And Andy, I, I think that was brilliantly done. Really, really compelling. I think your wife did leave the room about two or three minutes before the end of that story. So, you know, you, but you were still laying it on very, very thick. And we're all totally convinced that you did accidentally buy an army subconsciously <laughs> without knowing at all. It, it was, I, I was sold. It was, it was beautiful. It was, so, um, so uh, Andy, I, I've got to ask, because uh, I've just had, looked at the list. Have you got your Greek mercenaries, or is that what's going to happen next? On the, I just forgot it was at the back of the cupboard. I haven't looked at the list for Greek mercenaries. Are they hoplites, or um, I mean, I'm looking at classical Greeks. Greeks. Plus, you can have early imperial Roman allies. But have um, you got your levee mediocre of uh, a gang of women and children and slaves charging? In? No, no, I haven't, haven't done those. No. <sighs> you see, I, I bet you bought them by accident somewhere. They're down the back of a sofa, aren't they? <laughs> <laughs> no, I haven't actually. I was um, uh, my, my next my next pay- purchasing project uh, is well. I, I bought some of the uh, Victrix Hannah Mags and uh, Cromwells. Actually, I, I noticed Victrix emailed me to tell me that um, you, someone had bought something using my discount code, 
and that I therefore qualify for exactly the same discount myself if oh, I was to buy something else. So glad to be a service squire. Thank um, you very much. But um, you know, thank, thanks for the um, th thanks for the code thing. But um, yeah, so so that's going to keep me entertained a bit over Christmas. And the other thing I was thinking about was, shall I buy a fifteen mil Landschneck army? And I'm I'm not quite sure. Well, Simon's nodding, and of course it's a, a no-brainer because <laughs> we had good fun using a. a, a, a a TTS game of um, 15 mil lunch next. It's just a question of which lot to buy and um, all oh, the bits I want Lego to go with Heroica it. doing a sale and I, I, I seem to remember someone who's actually getting some from them. Yeah, I know, but they, they only do the lunch next. They don't do all the other bits you need to go with it, like crossbow men and halberdiers. And yeah, yeah, they do. Like they, they've got, um, they do Swiss and also um, Brundigans. Brundigans? Yeah, I, I don't Brundigans. <laughs> Lanschnecks, they're not Swiss, they're not Burgundian, they're Lanschnecks, and the, you know, the whole you know, tassels and puffy shoulder pads and all that are just yeah. the best. Yeah, no, well, you know, I think it's 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 one of those things where it could be a standalone army, so particularly the, you know, the way it will be based and stuff, so it could be bought from anyone. You, you know, looking at last week, it may well be a case of pick the figures you want and, and go for it if you want it that much, or or just decide that they're gaming pieces and buy something cheaper, really, <laughs> may well be the conclusion. Well, I'd like to get an army for all the, uh, where it's not too small in terms of the figure size, and which all the um, figures are somewhat compatible in, in style. Mm. Yeah, they've got the crossbowmen in the Swiss stuff, so they've got, you know, the pretty ones. I'm just looking no, am at I looking, I look at, Yeah, I might look at them yeah. with the Swiss, and I'll let you know by tomorrow if I yeah. okay. want to no add to your order. But their landscapes the do look nice. Uh, do I mean, I did, I did look at the alternative Simon. army stuff, um, and there, I thought the infantry stuff looked nice, but the cavalry did look a bit small. Yeah, I think the alternative look, army stuff, the cavalry is pretty tiny on some of those ranges for sure. Look, looking at these landscapes, that um, contrast colours would go really nicely in those. Yeah. Yeah. Now then that's a whole new set of paint you can take as well. And um, and on, on the subject of contrast paints, you will be astonished, nay, delighted to know that the I think I'm now going to call them the damned Arab dynasties um, mm -hmm. because it's been going on for so long, is actually finished. I finished the last four bases of them um, literally today. Did the, the, the flat grass flocking and, and a few tufts, which I didn't buy from Dave's new online internet emporium um, today. So I've got two more units of spearmen, one more unit of swordsmen, and then a unit of kind of elite swordsmen who are actually the peri dismounted arab cavalry figures which are absolutely stunning you know if, if we're having that conversation about quality and, and figure posing it's such a, there's like six incredibly dynamic um you know crusades era dismounted cavalry um with with all sorts of different swords and axes and some of them have got bow slings you know bow um holders, whatever they're called, quarrels and quivers and things. Um, really, really, really nice, um, <coughs> really, really nice figures. So with those four bases done, that's it. I've now finished the army. I'm, I'm still being cautious because I've spent so long on them on, on when I run outside and do the, um, do the matte varnish spraying. And the weather's still been both very, very cold and very, very damp, which is just a terrible combination. So, so they may actually sit in a really useful box for quite a while with all the rest of it. And again, that's sort of one of the frustrating things, isn't it? You, you finish an army and all you can then do is put it in a box and put it on a shelf and wait. 
Um, but but I think maybe in the next week. That's why some, you why you should buy yourself an airbrush. Buy yourself an airbrush. Do a bit of it and do it. Well, I'm not sure I'm doing because decanting my tester's dull coat spray from a tester's dull coat spray can into an airbrush to do it indoors is not uh, going to happen. That's not a winner. Don't do that. I buy some artist artist matte acrylic varnish. And the airbrush, yeah. You're still trying to flog me that airbrush, aren't you? Even though Christmas is coming up, so 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 trying to get those um those Arabs done. And I think after that, I it's either I'm going to bite the bullet and open the um the Black Seas box um of that Warlord Games thing because you know that is something I bought a year ago. Um, and then you know if I don't use that for a long time, that will be exactly the same as if we we're all wargaming, really. Um. Or I might just do a couple of rebasing projects because I'm kind of in, um, you know, in that zone of of having done a lot of basing and being on a bit of a roll with with the sand and the wood stain and the dry brushing and things like that. So, and then that can mean I could go online and buy tufts. And then I am buying all sorts of odds and sods and, and bits and pieces for for different things. Um, getting some of these ten mil World War Two. There's a few more of those coming. Um, I am. Um, Bizarrely, actually, this week I managed to educate um, one sort of, you know, hobby manufacturer, I think it's probably a small scale manufacturer, um, who who I was put, trying to put in order with. And, um, and they said they're not going to post the stuff until after Christmas because the queues at the post office are too long. And, um, and I, I said, well, you know, you can print off postage at home and, and post it in parcels post boxes. And, um, and that was a revelation to them. So, so I may actually have improved someone's, um, you know, there may be wargamers all around the, the country or the world who may be getting stuff a bit more quickly and at slightly cheaper postage rates now that um, I've, I've shown someone how, um, how to, to order a postage online and print it off. Which Tim, it sounds like, almost like you've got a spreadsheet of projects to finish off or something. It's like uh, uh, Santa's to-do list working <laughs> down the list of projects. <coughs> Santa's to-do list, indeed. Yeah, no, I think no, no, I'm I'm avoiding spreadsheets for the time being. I think I'm I'm safe for those for quite some time. Just because you miss them. It's just because uh, I miss them. To-do list. I, is that going through the War Games Foundry Christmas catalogue? <laughs> yeah no no not for me definitely not for me no fantastic okay then this means war right well having talked about what we've painted and, and almost bought or shopped for or, or whatever um we're into the kind of what what game have you done stage um, i think somebody's somebody's christmas trees off and running there isn't it not quite sure what that is um cisco lights um so mr mr finkel i think you're the man who's who's played your regular online game against um against dave ray in the states that's right yes how how was this week's installment what was the battle who were the emperors well well this this week's well last wednesday's was salute the battle of raffia saluted against ptolemaic Okay. And it was absolute cracker. Um, it fend- we, we, we actually ended up at about quarter to 12, sort of four, nearly four hours into the game, deciding that it was a draw. And uh, both sides had lost 20 out of 22. And the most interesting features of the game, apart from being really exciting, was that my mediocre camels had taken his camp and I'd lost two subordinate generals killed in combat. Wow. 
Wow, that's pretty good. So you, you got to with it. You both got to within basically a dice roll of the game being over, and you called it a draw. <laughs> yeah, well, the thing, um, I, I was I was kind of saved by his his wife's dinner bell because she she gave him a buzz and said, "You got to come up. It's dinner time." So, given that we'd been playing for about three and a half hours and agreed, had it been a competition game, it had been called some time earlier. We yeah. we agreed to call it an honourable draw. Um, so that was so you, you weren't the, there going. You weren't there like trying to phone his wife and saying. Two more minutes. Two more minutes. It's my turn. I've got this. No, one. no, no. I just said phone, you know, we should phone five minutes earlier. <laughs> yeah, you should start a bit earlier then. I was thinking of we? asking Dave, could he give me his wife's cell phone number in case I need to phone for help? <laughs> yeah, blow the whistle. Yeah, I think you, you need know. to be careful how you ask for that. To be fair, but um, indeed, yeah. Well, I, I didn't actually follow that through. It was just a thought that occurred to me. Yeah. And then this week <laughs> we're doing. Uh, I think it's called the Battle of Arusio, but it's um, Marius and the. Um, triumvirate no. Romans against the Germans and I've, okay. I've somehow decided to be the Germans which is probably not a clever idea because they don't even get any allies and they don't get the I think it's going to be a, a wall of um, hev heavy impetuous infantry and I'm just debating whether to make them elite or not Shall we have a quick vote on it? My answer is yes Yes Yes. That was my instinct you, yeah. I think um, as they say Just storm in <laughs> You've got six yeses there, Andy. You're through to yeah, the next round. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Release That's the handbrake and charge. I think. Yeah, just release the handbrake and charge. Get them. Uh, I, can, I, can, I can have six elite medium cavalry, so that might be quite entertaining too. They'd actually be able to beat up any nah, medium cavalry. To come forget in. it. What would your medium cavalry call? Waste of space. Get more stompy guys storming in. Well, they've, they've got. They're probably not going to have very much shooty stuff, so I'd probably get away with it. Actually, I think um, one of the That's things I've used quite a few times is. Um, one of the things I've used a few times is using two of the elite infantry with three or four medium cavalry because the medium cavalry are not that great on their own, but, but two infantry will absorb a lot of stuff and occupy the opponent's better quality yeah. troops. And that means your four medium cavalry can then bully the rest of it. So, you know, it looks a bit weird to command with four cavalry and two impetuous heavy infantry, but that can mm. sometimes work, um, sometimes work quite well. Yeah, well, especially with the command rating of two, that could be quite entertaining. Yeah, they'll probably, they, probably end up having an ordinary commander. <laughs> You'd better off. Yeah, well, uh, you know, my my suggestion would be just to have a couple of medium cavalry, um, just as a sort of um, a mobile reserve. So if you do break through the line, all of a sudden the cavalry goes through and causes havoc to their light infantry. But you don't want to commit it too soon. It's like holding it back enough, and then they can storm through. And you pick up points in no time whatsoever as they stomp all the nice little light infantry. Don't the Marians have more cavalry than the Romans? I don't know. I haven't checked the Marian list. I think they've got more cavalry, so I think the cavalry might be quite good, you know. Yeah, maybe, maybe there might be some cavalry to beat up on. Okay. Yeah. Right. And Adam, I think you were, you were saying um, when we were chatting earlier this week that you might, even through some sort of technical technicality, um, be able to fit in a game in the next couple of weeks. It's to face, yeah. It's um, yeah. because the chap, the very nice chap that runs in Toyman, he's been talking to the local authority, and uh, we might be able to do, or he is taking bookings for doing face to face, face to face games. I think the reasoning is um, a war game shop is not a hospitality um, venue, it's a leisure venue. It's a hospitality so, venue. venue, inhospitable venue, yeah. So it's um, they would fall under the same rules as gyms or swimming pools. So as long as the flow of customers in and out is regulated and controlled 
by um, the organisation's owner and people are doing PPE and masks and that, um, you're allowed to do it. So, um, yeah, going to be playing proper face-to-face war games again. In you, you're going to have to run on a treadmill whilst you're, um, whilst you're playing. That's While eating a scotch egg, I don't know. But yeah. it's, um, in fact, that's quite a good way of going to the gym with a scotch egg. Maybe a sausage yeah. roll. No, it's... Uh, no, it's they um, have those little uh, holders, don't they, on the running machines? That, that fit perfectly. I thought they were ashtrays. Yeah, I suppose they could be, couldn't they? Yeah. No, that's in the, the minder version of it, isn't it? <laughs> Possibly the Sweeney or something. But yeah, no, I'm sure they'd fit a Scotch egg as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, proper um, proper live war games before Christmas. And it looks like those Romans that I spent so long painting are going to get their first jog out. Oh, wow. A, a lockdown army actually in play. For... Yeah, against bloody Germans, in fact. Bloody Germans. You'll be able to... Um, Share experience with Andy. He'll be doing it virtually. You'll be doing it for real. Fantastic stuff. This means war. This means war. So look, it's nearly Christmas. I think this is this may well be um, unless we all get. Um, overcome by enthusiasm for seeing each other again for the 31st time in a year for two hours on zoom um no zoom fatigue here this is our sort of half-hearted christmas feature thing in which we've um we've all been tasked with last week going away and, and coming back with some some recommendations of things to do um when you are not of course you know listening to this this wonderful podcast for for as much of your life as is is possible or practical or, or possibly safe um, indeed as well and we're looking at a, a range of things and some a set of recommendations from all seven of us as to three kind of key areas first of all other podcasts what other podcasts do you listen to do you like would you recommend would you, you recommend to people who are listening to this one in in that small interregnum until we return probably in the new year um, what computer games could you soak up loads and loads of your time with um, and you know avoid avoid the family run away from everybody over christmas because you've got to get one more turn in um peter you're the one smoking there but um hopefully none of your family listen to this and um and then finally um looking at uh, which which internet forums you know in this world of of facebook the machine that kind of chews everything else up which forums out there are are still vibrant and live and, and do you find useful and, and interesting so you know looking at, at those three um those three topics those three things um who'd who'd like to pick kick us off in fact Pete, in, in fact simon top top left hand corner do you want to start with your um your list of three things for for the festive mad axman santa sack so to speak or virtual that, santa sack yeah there's a visual for you ladies and gentlemen yeah. Um, for random, so for random podcasts that I've listened to, these are um, a little bit uh, weird. They're, they are wargaming related. Um, there's one I listen to called Chance of Gaming. It's done. Got, done. Uh, it's an American one. Um, you know, three guys basically spend an hour or so talking about various war games. They may drink alcohol and talk about politics and random things. They're not much so much as a historical podcast, but um, they do flutter around between you know um, various other, basically whatever whatever is shiny for them. So um, they're quite good. 
Yeah, I think I may have heard some Malifaux stuff on that one as well. Yeah. The American ones tend to be quite slickly produced as well, don't they? Obviously much better than we are, really. Um, but that does go without saying. But Yeah, so the guy um, who does, um, Adam Chance is the, is the actual host of it. He does, he's a, um, he works he's, in media. Uh, I think he's like a TV guy in his real job. So he knows how to do us, actually put it all together. So he, he's done some quite good shows. If you want something rude, crude and offensive, um, if you like Games Workshop or anything like that, or just listen to two war gamers bitch and moan, um, and quite funny, there's one I listen to called Game Classy. Um, they're two ex-Games Workshop employees who are now... Um, oh, okay. Yeah, right. so they're, they're, they're quite fun. And as Games Workshop got me but got me into the war gaming uh, story many years ago, I have a have a bit of a soft spot for um, why third edition Warhammer 40,000 was the best version versus fifth edition versus seventh edition and all that. Is, it, is that spelt with a C for classy or is that spelt with a K? Because, you know, you um, never know in these things. Yeah, no, it's, it's spelled with um, C with a cla- uh, for classy. Who clucks classy? Who clucks classy, yeah. Um, Game classy, uh, right? Okay. I've had a lot of fun over the last year with the various elections in America because they do go for it. So um, that's a good one. <laughs> And then finally, trying to be actually vaguely historical and more proper and all that, what the other one, which is quite good, is Wargamers, Soldiers and Strategy, the podcast. So the guys who, who write and produce that magazine do a sometime once a month, once a fortnight, once every six weeks, depending on what they've got, they do an um, interesting podcast. So they've done like, you know, Plastics of Metals, which one's better? Why? Okay. Which one? Obviously, the Great Wargaming Survey. Uh, what's new and shiny, and things like that. So, is it kind of industry topic stuff? You know, that that thing we tried to do last week, or is it newsy, or, or what does that it's sort of cover? Newsy. So they've got and um, they focus on. Well, sometimes um, it's, a bit, it's a bit like our format. So yeah. It's really. What they've been painting and what our plans are, and then okay. the topic of the. Uh, episode month but they're, but they're like professionals that surely they can't just couple it together like we do oh okay not all of them are right okay yeah. there are some <laughs> professional people like professionals yeah. two of the contributors are ordinary gamers okay like, they, I, they write articles for the magazine but otherwise they get members of the joe public in joe wargaming public okay well they're regular like, they're it's a regular, regular crew. There's Angus something and she's got Mark Backhouse, whoever. The Angus. The gamers sort of mm. article contributors. And then you've got Guy Bowers and Jasper Yas- Ortiz. Yeah. Okay. All right. That's, that's three good ones then. All, all quite different as well. Um, what about, um, in fact, look, maybe let's just run around with podcasts and then do computer games and then do, do the other bits later. So, um, just sort of going around then on on my screen, Dave. What what about you? Are there specialist podcasts about electrostatic flocking? Not that I've ever found yet. This 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 um, instead of YouTube things, but no, I've not found any of the others. Podcasts. Um, I'm uh, fairly religious about in our time, Radio Four. Yeah, so I use that a lot. I mean, I, I'm, I'm fa- I, you know I love that all the history stuff on that, and I download them off their thing but the other one I, the one i really do like is ancient warfare magazines podcast oh the i the history network yeah 
No, no, no. Is it history? It, no, it's, yeah, it's history podcast network. on YouTube. It's the History Network. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, there's some sort of, it's the guys who do the magazine, mm. uh, which I used to get, but I found that I just was filling covers for the magazines. Yeah, that's one. Yeah, I listened to that one as well. And it is really yeah, good. That's on my list. Oh, wow. So what, what do they, um, do they focus on a, a topic each? You know, because I guess history can't um, can't happen every week. Mix. So, oh, you get a mix of episodes there. Some are on a specific topic. I think so they do the ancient warfare answers ones, which is a specific topic that's being requested by a okay. listener. Some are bit, some are a bit weird. Some it's sort of Q and A where people get submit questions in advance and they work through the list and also pick ones up during the, the bits because they do it as a live. They do it live. Holy baloney. They do it as a live, <laughs> they do it as a live, live stream, I think, for pay, I pay, Patreons. Patreons. Maybe we could do a live version for our 50th edition or something, you know, like Coronation Street does for... You know, they, Adam, just, we could invite all the Patreons along. Yes, we could invite but, <laughs> yeah, the Patreons <laughs> along. Yeah, God, imagine somebody paying for this. That'd be scary, wouldn't it? Um, but, okay, so but does it do... Um, you know, like the Dacian Wars, or does it do yeah, tactics? It's been here from 2013. Uh, oh, hang on, I've just gone past it. Oh, no, oh, it uh, there's one in Thracians in the 4th century. Yeah, the Dacian okay. Wars Domitian and Trajan from the 18th June 2013. Cavalry in the Ancient Worlds, Campaigns of Pyrrhus. Is it, is it history? Uh, is, there a, is there a gaming component? Is there a gaming component to it? No, it's, it's, it's quite... It's, I think they're quite, I think that magazine sort of, I think basically there's a lot of historians in Holland, the German borders of Holland. I think there's quite a few museums there. So they all talk, they're all called Jasper and talk with a slightly strange accent. Okay. So <laughs> What's it called? The Dutch um, history freaks in the, but there's yeah. one of the I, ones, A lot of the ancient, war, ancient warfare, the, certainly for ones I've seen, You've got a, you get a mix. You've got a Jasper, yeah. who's, who's the overall editor of. And got I think it's Murray Darn, who's Australian but living in New Zealand. Okay, so there's uh, a regular there's a regular core of people who appear on it. Then, yeah, there's a regular um, core of people, and there's okay. a couple of Americans, a couple of Brits. All right. Okay. Well, look, talking to people, um, no, no, I, I can't even go there with that link. Um, Andy, um, what, what about you? What's your listening, um, listening pleasure? In, in do, you, do you like have a you know a five speak you know five speaker surround sound system in your kitchen? That, um, no, no, no. Um, my, my wife, my wife gives all the listening. I I go get. But um, I, to be honest, I don't really listen to podcasts because during the day I'm either dictating or potentially on the telephone, so I can't just. Um, you know, switch off and, and, and listen yeah. to uh, stuff while I'm working. Um, so the only thing I've listened to on occasion is the uh, the Al Murray, um, James, what's his name? Oh, Holland one. Yeah. Um, yeah. We have ways of making you talk. That's the one, yeah. I've listened to that a few times, mainly in the car when I've been travelling. But is that, is that Al I'm, not, I'm not really a podcast thing, fan as such. So I'm not, I'm not the best source of information, I'm afraid. Is, is that Al Murray's history thing or one of his comedy yeah. things? yeah. Al, yeah. Al Murray's, well, he puts a slightly comedic thing to it, but essentially 
he and James Holland talk about World War II historical stuff. They did one about um, the George MacDonald Fraser book, Quartered Safe Out Here. Have you ever read it? It's an absolutely brilliant book. It's basically about him, the author George MacDonald Fraser, who wrote the Flashman novels. And he was a, a squaddy in Burma in 1945 and was in part of the campaign that led to the capture of Rangoon and all that stuff. And um, it was all fairly hazardous, but the way he described the events, some of them were absolutely hilarious. Okay. All right. A bit of a history. In fact, um, Al, Murray, Al Murray lives sort of in the same area as I do. And um, I've, I think years and years ago, this probably go about five, eight years ago, um, we, walk, we were going into a pub for Sunday lunch and Al Murray was in there with his, um, with his missus and his kids. And it's kind of going, if you go for Sunday lunch in a pub where the pub landlord goes, <laughs> that's pretty much as good a recommendation as you can get for Sunday lunch, really, isn't it? You can't, you can't do better than that. But, um, but <laughs> you imagine if you got it wrong, you could imagine it's going to appear on his, um, oh, part of his material for the next five forever, years. Forever, forever. But, um, <laughs> so, um, so Tamsin, what about you? you? You sound like a, you know, you, you've known all the podcasts so far, I think. Yeah, I've ones yeah. that have been mentioned, apart from, yeah. well, other than Simon's ones. <laughs> mm, of course. Well done, Simon. Yeah. I tend to, tend to do YouTube more. I, yeah. A couple, I, a couple of bit. They are done as podcasts on other, other platforms, but also put up on YouTube. So, Two Fat Lardies, mm. my War Games Old Strategy, various ones. I, some podcasts I follow, it's because it's more painting tips, modelling tips. Okay, all right, yeah. It's called Trapped on YouTube, Trapped Under Plastic. Trapped Under Plastic, that's another thing that's you've got to be yeah, careful it's about searching very for. Much, so it's much more sort of games workshop war painting, but okay. they discuss, they do go through what they've been painting and done and think various bits. But then they have a topic of, it's every fortnight. Okay, Trapped Under Plastic. All right. Well, that, I must admit, one uh, of the things. I that... guess if you want want podcasts which are more interviews with people in the gaming world, I and Henry Hyde's Battle Chats. Yeah, that's a subscription. Is that? Oh, they come out. They come out on Patreon it first, and then post, they're a subscription. If you go, if you go to, if you go to so the main his main web I Battle Games website, you probably get the links, but they don't go up for public until. A week or so after, yeah, a couple of weeks or something. Yeah, for patrons. No, Henry's a top guy, absolutely a top guy, isn't he? Real, real. He some quite interesting. He gets some quite interesting people on, but yeah, I think they his, are um, quite long podcasts. Yes. <laughs> even even by our standards, quite possibly. Okay. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. Not yeah. quite meeples and miniatures length or. Oh, they they got length, they were. <laughs> I think some of those are still going on, aren't they? Um, still playing as we speak, but. Um, now, I think certainly from, from my point of view, I, I think I'd go with one of the things that Dave said. I, you know, I, I find in our time, the Radio 4 stuff with Melvin Bragg, you know, there's that huge long archive of it. But, but what I really like about it is the fact it's, it's actually got proper, proper clever people on it, you know, proper hardcore academics. It, it's like those... Um, those clips of programs from the 1970s that you see on kind of what was TV like in the 70s program where, where people in beige suits sit around in, in airport waiting lounge chairs. And it's, and it's almost just, like the old open university ones that used to yeah, be on like open before breakfast stuff. TV. Yeah. No, it's, it's, they're just remarkable. You know, you've got, I, I was just looking at it at the other time. It's like 
Napoleon's retreat from Moscow with the Professor Emeritus of International History at LSE, a reader in European History at King's College and a reader in Modern European History at the University of Glasgow. It's like, these are the cleverest people in the room on this particular topic, approaching it from an academic point of view. And they only go on for whatever it is, about half an hour or so, um, 45 minutes. And But you just having four very clever people talk about something they absolutely know about and and debate what actually happened um you know it does it always makes me strikes me how much also how little or no, people on other podcasts and the rest of it actually know compared to proper academics um you know these are people who've imbibed this they've breathed it in they've they've thought about it for a long long time um but you know, and and for us to kind of make some of this crap up um and kind of wing it is, is entertaining so so i don't think um you know our our teaching timmy about napoleonics is ever really going to stack up against the professor emeritus of european history from the lsc but but that's you know it's yeah, nice to dip into you can get nice a lot of the basics into. right though i'm sure we did but it's there's one on the battle of talas with hugh kennedy hugh kennedy's one of the best um Violinists? Stories on uh, Muslim history. He's yeah. really, really good. His books are brilliant. We, we did that at Gordon's house some years ago, Battle of Talas. Yeah, we had a whole yeah. little campaign. And um, I think you took part, Tamsin, didn't you? Yes, I did. Yeah. And quite often they have Paul Cartledge on there as well. He's like, he's the top guy on Sparta and Greeks mm. of that era. And to be fair to him, to be fair to him, um, Melvin Bragg asked slightly less fatuous questions than Timmy did. On teaching I, Timmy about Napoleon. Well, you know, honestly, people people obviously mistake me for him when I'm on the phone um, all the time. Really, um, it, it does happen. Um, but he's got a much so well. He's got a much much more luxurious head of hair than I have. That's the main difference, I think. Um, really, and he writes bad sex, if I remember. Right. No, that that's another sideline that I've I've not shared with you all yet. But um, <laughs> you know, it's it's a growing empire of um, multimedia on Mad Axman. Um, so going around the thing, Peter. Um, what, what about you? In your, um, you know, lying in your your sick bed, what what's been piped into your ears? Um, normally, only time I listen to podcasts is when I'm commuting to work. So it's been a bit of a dearth for uh, several months, funnily enough. Um, same as some of the others, I, I've previously listened to some of the ancient warfare ones and um, some of the general history ones. Uh, the ones that I normally listen to are more sort of rugby related when it comes to the podcast. Unfortunately, that's about <laughs> okay. war gaming. Right. Okay. It's all, it's all rugby theory. Um, Adam, you know, you look like a, a big rugby fan um, as well. Um, in between all your, uh, no, yeah, that's, um, you clearly, I do now remember you used to be a teacher because the way you looked at me over the top of those glasses, but other than your obsession with um, rugby, um, what, what podcast would you recommend to the, our listenership? Um, it's not a podcast, I, I would recommend, it's um, a YouTube channel, but he updates it two or three times a week, a chap called Drakenfels on YouTube, and it's, I'm going all naval, navalist on you, um, which is nothing to do with belly buttons, He's, um, he does a lot of stuff about naval history, um, he does lots and lots of short ones about individual ships, which is fine. <laughs> but I tend to listen to stuff like that when I'm painting, just someone yeah. in the background burbling, much like people probably listen to us. Um, and he does a couple of things. Firstly, he does, 
sometimes he picks a subject or a battle and he breaks it down and he does study it quite a lot. Um, so he did the Battle of Jutland over three one and a half hour episodes, which Jutland's one of those battles that if you're a war gamer, you should kind of know about it's up there. So that's quite interesting because it's like, I don't agree with everything he says, but he's obviously researched his stuff and his opinions are always measured and evidenced. So that's quite interesting. So he does different battles um, to listen to. And another thing he does is, um, I think he calls it the dry dock, um, which where subscribers and people ask questions and he just answers questions. And these questions are just about any sort of area of naval history. He knows age of sail up to 45. Um, so it's, it can be anything. And so as I say, something on in the background, because sometimes these are three hours long. So in a painting session, it's just someone sort of going on about why a sort of like why didn't the quadruple turrets on the King George V work properly when they were first put in, right. or okay. or sort of like how can a age of sail vessel beat to windward at feet? Blah blah blah. Yeah. And it's just kind of like interesting stuff that I'm never going to find out myself. But while I'm painting, yeah. to have it go in by osmosis, I know it's not osmosis really, Tamsin, because it's not going through a thingy. But yeah. Um, <laughs> Um, in motion. Yeah. It's okay. uh, quite quite interesting. What, what was that one? What was that one again? His name's Drakenfels. D R A C H I N F E L or something. So try that into uh, YouTube. Okay. All right. Well, look, that's our um, that's our set of podcasts. Just remembered what remembered one YouTube channel that was going on because I thought somebody else might mention it. Yeah. But the twentieth century warfare, the tank museum. The tank museum, yeah, no, on that's a good one. Because you get real pictures of real tanks driving around. You do. I mean, you get the tank chats where they discuss a particular particular armor fighting vehicle. During lockdown, you had the director's Q and A, which was mm -hmm. quite wide ranging, and yours and yours had the, the director doing various bits about all boiled down to we won the wars because of headgear. Because of headgear, all right, okay. Well, actually, funny enough, they, I, I was on their website today because they've got a tremendous range of Christmas-themed merchandise for the Tank Museum. So if you if you want that um, tank-themed Christmas sweater, that is the place to go, their website. So, so okay, then, um, that's, that's the podcast round. Is it a tank top? Tank top, yep. This means war. This means war. Look, that was um that was podcasts, stuff you do kind of passively. Um slightly more active thing is um is computer games. So I guess we've all got a computer game. Um we probably spend Blitzing, or possibly all got a computer game. So um, I don't know. Let's just run around it, Peter. I think you've talked about games a few times, even over the last few podcasts. Which, if you're picking a game to recommend everybody for their Christmas list, what what would it be at this point in time for you? Uh, Europa Universalis Four. This is why I was slightly chuckling earlier because uh, mm. both my teenage boys um, are coaching me on it it's uh it's a real grand strategy game where you basically control a, a nation from late middle ages sort of 1444 through to 1821 mm -hmm. with trade admin diplomacy 
and of course colonialization and warfare so um you know it ticks all the boxes for me so is it, um, is it turn based the, is it um real time is it um it's uh, real time so it's okay. depending on how you spe- send the uh, clock um you know when you're sort of trying to uh, on a strategy sale trying to do some armies attacking e- each other you might want to slow it down but uh, otherwise you can be whipping through and uh, you know building up different capabilities doing diplomacy anything else but it's it's one of those games that looks deceptively simple and then you start getting sucked into it and find out ah there's another option you can do on this and, there's so ah, much going go on under way. the end under the bonnet there is so yeah. much going on that yeah it's yeah. a great game oh yeah it's, it's, it's not one of those where you have addictive. to keep kind of clicking otherwise just people overrun you is it is it that's what i'm saying turn-based versus real time obviously you can speed the the game time up but you know is it you do a set of moves and then all your opponents move or, or ah, is it just it, all no, in... it's not it's not like command and conquer or things like that right it's, okay. it's literally a grand strategy type thing so it's not like i'm building this base so therefore i can make tanks out of it it's right. i'm controlling my country and yeah. the diplomacy that comes in it and uh, you're moving armies not battalions or anything else um, but then you'll be doing diplomacy and trying to um, bring people into a coalition, you know, discovering different things, doing ideas, inventions, trying to stay ahead with the technology. So it's one of those things you start into it and then it starts getting bigger and bigger. Um, is this in the, so this is version four then. Um, is that yeah. the current version or is there a... Um, That's the current opposite. version. They've released a whole load of uh, DLC, so uh, digital content to yeah. expand on it. So uh, from dealing with wealth of nations through to the rights of man um, and then various ones where they look at sort of if you want to play a nation from the Americans Plains or uh, the Incas or Mayans or something um, plus there's certain countries that you can form so you can end up forming say Prussia or uh, the Mughal Empire so um, I think there's something like a thousand playable countries you could actually play it's quite interesting and you think you're doing quite well and then the bloody europeans turn up <laughs> yeah uh, and they've got gunpowder and you don't and it's, that is it's kind of that's a bit disturbing i've had a, a couple of nice run-throughs playing as ottomans as well as the french castile and then forming spain and as well as uh england forming gb um managed but to how, no, but never, never mind that. how do how do the battles work what goes on the, with that the battles work it, because it's from a strategic perspective you're you have a mixture of the troops so by a certain period you've got um cannons so um depending on how you actually configure the army itself is how they operate you, you're not able to control them from that perspective from a tactical perspective but you control to say set up the army to say i'm going to fight in this terrain right. uh, either defend attack um, and the the makeup of the army. So you try to get the best makeup because the, of course the you know the artillery is going to give you overhead coverage and things like that. But, but it's, then, so it's fair on. to say that the warfare, the battles aren't that important. You win yeah. wars by not running out of money first and not running out of people okay. first. Um, right. So winning battles is a really good thing. Um, but someone like the Ottomans, they've just got so much cash and so. They can raise so many armies that even if they lose, they're coming back and they're coming back. So it's more a grand strategy, 
as your country got the finance and as your country got the troops and the army to feed them in. But but at the same time, if you keep losing battles, um, the you have a high sort of attrition rate, and so therefore your population starts saying, "I don't yeah. want to do this anymore." So it, it's it's quite interesting from that perspective. So, so is it is it an empire management game or a or an you know internally yeah. focused or is it a strategy game or is it depend you can play it either way a uh, bit of both you you want right. to expand you want to take more territory you want to control high seas so you can you could do it play as venice and do more focused on trade for example okay so yeah, you be successful and go on into the 19th century I, i'd love to but it stops just at uh, uh, the 1800s so um it would be lovely to carry on but he actually could, stopped could at 1821 could the Aztecs be successful and take over? Yes. Oh, right, okay. Yeah, you, you, you can. There's different ways to do it. It's a lot harder. Um, and you have to um, focus on developing certain skills because, um, as uh, um, Annie was saying, you, you know, you've got a bit of a problem that um, um, they turn up, the Europeans turn up, and they um, beat you up with a gunpowder unless you've been um, developing it a bit. Okay, so Peter, do you know? Sorry, Peter, do you know that there's a World War Two version? Um, the Hearts of, Hearts of Iron. Iron is kind of the same game. I don't buy it. I, I've um, got too much on. I, I can cope with one thing at a time. I actually bought it because I really like Europa University. Yeah, so I bought Hearts of Iron, and I tried it a couple of times, and then I thought, don't have time for that. I just, so I haven't looked at it since. I spent the money, tried and thought, that looks really good. Yeah. I just don't have the time to figure it out. So I sort of like put it to one side. But, well, I've, okay. I've been having fun watching my sons play it because it's quite hilarious seeing them uh, form the, go from Muscovy to form Russia <coughs> and then go storming in doing different things. Or my youngest desperately trying to reform Italy. It's uh, starting off with Naples and stuff. So... Uh, next thing you know, they're quoting to me about various points of history because there's a lot of historical stuff going on all around it. So uh, now my son's able to fully inform us about the uh, HRE and how it was formed and how you could actually dismantle it and everything else. Holy so, Roman so, Empire. So this game's been around, you know, with my, um, my obviously great expertise looking at Wikipedia since 2013. Um, so that's... That's a, well, that's a long old time for a game. Is it something that you've been playing that long? Is it something you just picked up? Um, um, it's. Uh, it looks like there's more I've DLC coming out. Played a while ago and then played it again. Okay, so if you um, yeah, it looks like there's loads of extra expansions. It said there's a Emperor expansion for Austria released in June 2020, um, reworking the Holy Roman Empire um, and other bits and pieces. So, so it's all kind of. It does keep developing, but so this is. Gee, maybe this is the thing with these computer games. They're they kind of did they sort of stop evolving a few years ago, or unless you're in a you know a world of being a, a computer game geek, because you know I, I'm looking at this thinking, what would I talk about? You know, what's my things in this? And literally the last couple of months, I've I've got out um, Total War, you know, um, Medieval, and I'm I'm shoving like little armies along the Dalmatian coast and and I'm kind of a bit bored to do the battles because they're a bit crap but but you know that if you need to win a battle you can probably do better than, than the AI will do which is a bit random but but I just kind of enjoy the the pace of it 
have have games not uh, not necessarily or, or did they reach an apogee five or six years ago and we're kind of where we're at um or has anybody got any newer stuff than, than this to talk about um, more newer stuff. I've done uh, XCOM and uh, pulled into those and the uh, more recent XCOM stuff. Um, but uh, a lot of it, the AI stuff is starting to pick up, but they, right. they're not properly come across to the strategy games just yet. It's yeah. nearly there, but not quite. There's the capability. I think, it, I think it's also a case of, for strategy games um, where they don't rely on graphics. Yeah. they don't need to update because there are a lot of games it's like first person shooter games there's always new ones but mm. they're basically the same game with best yeah. graphics yep. whereas most war games don't really rely on the graphics so you don't need that latest newest quickest sort of thing because most computer yeah. games are the same there's about five or six different computer games aren't there and they've been made since the 1980s yeah so like one i played recently uh lord uh, Mountain Blade 2. So that's a follow-on from its previous one, where you go from being an individual warrior, sort of medieval times, to building up your sort of empire and everything else, um, mm. building up your groups. I mean, that was good. Um, yeah. But it had a, a bit of a problem with um, a lot of bugs when it first started. It's um, cleaned up a lot now, um, but um, it's quite a fun game to play. But that's more one of the more recent ones. But it's having the capabilities and the compute capabilities for that. Yeah, because because again, you know, I looked at my, um, I, I I remember times when I used to have to upgrade my PC every, I don't know, four, five, six years to to be able to play the graphics for for the latest games. But that's just stopped happening, and and I've now had this PC for an awful long time. Um, and it, it does everything I want, but maybe there is a thing about you know. So these these games, something like your Europa Universalis or or XCOM, how much do they cost these days? Um, I guess it's all bought through Steam, but but I guess it's if it's a five year old game, um, it must have it must be a lot cheaper than it um, was um, back in the day. In the sales, you can pick it up to for a bit about fifteen pounds, okay. um, but then there's the other DLCs on top and everything else. So then you can spend another forty quid on that. But um, um, right. but you don't have to. It's just a lot yeah. more interesting to do so because um, it adds different elements to the game and it's built up over time. So designed out different things and added extra capabilities and mm. um, extra challenges. It's like Adam was saying. It's like as soon as you get into it. You get half an inch in, and then next thing you know, you're watching guides on YouTube and uh, <laughs> opening moves for, um, yeah. uh, you know, building up the French Empire and yeah. how would I play Ethiopia? Um, so it's it's suitably hilarious on that. And then, yeah. uh, you know, another bit comes along and says, "Oh well, if you want to do this one, then you switch to Orthodox, hmm. um, and therefore you can actually create this." And it it it's, sucks you in a little bit. All right, Adam. It, it sounds like you know you played some of these games as well. These these exact games. What's what's your? Are you playing a game at the moment, or um, have you got one you, you'd recommend? Um, thing that I'm messing around with at the moment. I'm going to stay on the navalist theme. Um, there's a game called Rule the Waves Two. Now, um, I think this is quite. An, I only bought it quite recently because I only heard about it recently. But um, I think it's quite an old game to the point, and the graphics is to the point of my daughter saw it on the screen. And she said, what's that? And I said, oh, it's computer games about warships. And she said, oh, I thought it was a spreadsheet. 
Um, <laughs> so Fantastic. That's perfect. That's kind of where the graphics are at. Is it yeah. that, uh, it's a, well, a computer game that's, gra- that's a spreadsheet? Surely that's no, it's not a spreadsheet, online. but it's like along the top, there's symbols that you would get in a spreadsheet. So it's not a spreadsheet, but it's the fact that um, an eight-year-old girl who isn't the most... She's not a techie because she's yeah. only eight, but the fact that she thought I was a spreadsheet shows that the graphics aren't that advanced. But to be frank, I don't care. I don't really, when I play war games on computers, I don't care about the graphics. It's like if the gameplay is good, it doesn't really matter. Actually, I'm, I've just Googled it now and um, it's thrown up a link on wargamer.com, which says <laughs> you couldn't be more accurate. It says, I. I've just played Rule the Waves 2 and I realise I've never had a more engaging or heart-pounding time looking at data and numbers on the screen, except perhaps during tax season. <laughs> <laughs> to the I'm, outside observer, my wife, who walked past, said, I thought you were working on your game review tonight. It might look a little like work. <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. Okay. So it is work. Fine. But it's, it's a game. It's not. It's, it's a game that's split into two. It's, um, you're supposed to sort of like you're the person that's guiding a nation's navy from 1900 to 1945. Mm-hmm. So the first part of the game is you have to design the ships um, for the navy, and that's kind of interesting because it's all about weight and armor and guns and technology. And the deal is, the longer you wait to build your battleships and your battle cruisers the better stuff you can have, but then you're gonna get caught up in a war. And if you haven't built the stuff, um, you haven't got the ships. But if you do build lots of, lots of stuff, as soon as you sort of like built lots of stuff, you can guarantee within a few months, it's gonna become obsolescent because someone's mm. invented super firing turrets. So instead of having wing turrets all over the place and really rubbish, it's sort of all turbine engines. So there's always that sort of like, oh, should I build? So you're always designing ships which quite, you've got to be interested in naval history and naval architecture to have any interest in this game at all. Um, and that's, that's always an interesting tension about judging what I'm meant to build. And the second part of the game is sometimes the, the game will say, oh, you're in a war with this country now, and it'll give you lots of battles. And the battles do get a bit samey. Um, so sometimes you've got to click through them a bit. And yeah. the AI isn't the greatest so yeah. you've basically <laughs> Actually, you're sorry, the star I'm, I'm, admiral you know what yeah, i mean no, I, so it's like I'm, you're I'm the star just... admiral so it's you get thrown in against not impossible odds but you get thrown in against big odds and you've got to figure out how do i win this battle and the arrow's not great so you can do and it sort of like goes through it starts off in 1900 pre-dreadnoughts and it goes through and they start developing bigger battleships and then aircraft carriers and you're making decisions about what to invest in and when. And it's um, if you're interested in naval history, um, it will be a fun, interesting game. If you're not interested in that naval history, don't even bother Dreadful. putting it to Google. Dreadful. Yeah, no, no, I, I'm, I'm, I'm reading the um, this same review in real time. I think you said something about the AI was a bit suspect. And um, I think the reviewer um, is mentioning that... Um, he found it a bit suspicious that the Royal Navy laid down the keel for a ship with a full complement of anti-aircraft guns in 1902 before. <laughs> 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 you know, well done, Admiral Nostradamus, I think it says. So, um, yeah, there, there's obviously some random things. But that's a pretty geeky one to throw out. I, is this something that's that costs like £4.99 that someone developed in their bedroom, or is it like a proper thing? 
Or it's, it, it's a like proper a thing. Pounds? I think so much about. I think it's actually it might be one of the more expensive ones bought. Because whenever I play, I, I play, I've got computer games on my computer yeah. that I buy on Steam when Steam have got really big sales on. Yeah. So I just go, oh well, it's like Total oh, War Rome yeah. Two or something, or Total yeah. War Warhammer. I've got because it was like. 12 that, quid, that's, so. that's the problem with steam it's just you get these little pop-ups come on and go oh i might just have a go at it but it's like on the same sort of thing um because mm. we were talking about black friday sales yeah and yep. after that game i went and sort of like had a look at some stuff so i ended up buying the battle of britain board game and while i was on the psc wood website i got their cold wars war game because the battle of britain one was 15 quid yeah and the uh, cold wars one which i'm told is a decent game as well was 12 pound 50 yeah, that so, Quartermaster General one. Yeah, I've heard good things so about that. So I don't know whether I'm going to play any of them, but it's just like, wow, it's 60 quid but, game. For but do you, do you have a, a trashy game that you go to? My, mine every so often is sort of World of Tanks. I just dip into it for the sheer freedom of just oh, blowing of something up. Quite often, uh, War Thunder, aeroplanes, like fly yeah. around and send stuff down. It's like computer games that you don't have to think is fun. Yeah, it, um, it's this true bubblegum one. You just dive in, having a go, blow stuff up. Yeah. Although I it think may- for games like World of Tanks and War Thunder, etc., you don't have to think. Well, it's And I don't bother, and I'm not very good, because there are some people that are very good at them games, yeah. and oh, not extremely. better than me. So I think that they do think about it. But maybe hey, we should do a um a world of tanks you know video podcast of us all chatting um incoherently over world of tanks at some point or, or those of us who do play well, that well um, we all start off with starter tanks yeah of course we all start <laughs> off with starter tanks and then we um then we get you know sworn at by 11 year olds or something okay um <laughs> right who, who else wants to put their hand up for a, a video game um andy over to you is it something is there a napoleonic um button polishing video game that you you know about or something there no, the only one I play at the moment is um, Pike and Shot, which is basically Fog R on the computer, um, it, because I've got it on my iPad, and that can be diverting for, for a period of time. Um, but when Adam was talking about this naval one, that does sound interesting. I might get involved in that. But there was an air game a bit like that. Years ago, we had it on the PC when my son was growing up, and I don't know where it's gone, but it was called Crimson Skies. And it was... Um, yeah. Based on sort of like an alternative version of history in the 1930s, and you had all these different nations in America, and you invented all these kind of funky different aeroplanes and designed them, and um, they looked really cute. You could give them their own sort of colour schemes and uh, configure them with the type of weaponry and stuff. Some of them had the flying characteristics of a of, of, of a double-decker bus, but, you know, it was nice to design the things with... just You know, again, it was a balance between power weaponry armor and maneuverability didn't um warlord games actually or someone released that game called crimson skies wasn't that, that released as a i think it was a board i think it was a board, board red version of it. sorry it was um blood red skies blood red skies was that the same game or a different one no idea don't know yeah that's proper world war ii thing isn't it yeah that's true yeah maybe i'm getting that confused okay no i must admit i i bought um pike and shot when it started when it came out you know because it was fog art but i just found it really ponderous it was just moving all the because it was on a square grid and everything moved forwards and it took a while to move all your units forward and then it would just resolve all of the fighting and shooting um square by square and you were kind of watching 
you know, 20 squares shoot at each other in with a, a little kind of half-hearted animation. And you were like, what's going on here? Um, you, you were kind of passive for large parts of it. But unless they kind of speeded it up or something, I, I just couldn't get to grips with that one at all. So you fire each one separately and fight each one separately. Yeah, maybe that's it. It just, it just felt like it should all resolve at the same time. Otherwise, you weren't really getting the advantage of it being on a computer. But yeah. well, you know, it is a bit, I, it is a bit of a silly game, game. but it, it, I've got it on my iPad. It works. Yeah, yeah no, if it's on the iPad, that's a win, isn't it? That's, a, that's an easy yeah. thing to carry around. Okay. Um, Dave, what about you? Are you um, is, what, what does Mac do for Wargaming? Does, um, does Steve Jobs not let you do anything at all? I don't play any computer games. Well done. Um, there's not a, an, an electronic... There's no electronic flocking game or anything like that? No, 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 no. no. I mean, I, I, you, what you lot tried to persuade me World of Tanks was a possibility at the start of lockdown. So I yeah. paid 15 quid, went onto yeah. it, and was completely stumped by how to create a bloody tank in the first place. Yeah. So you paid, paid for World of Tanks? You paid for World of Tanks? You bought the wrong one. It's free, mate. You paid for World of Tanks? Was it free? I, I can't even remember. It was. It, it just completely confused me from the very, very beginning. You, you create a tank by going, oh, no, that one. <laughs> you create a tank by going, I think you've got the wrong game. You have you to create a tank you create it by going, oh, no, that one, let's go. Yeah. You know when it says oh, the tanks, it, it's tanks with a gun, not yeah, tanks yeah, as yeah. in you're building a water tank, you know? So, no, you start with a Japanese tank or something and you've got to decide how much you're going to spend <laughs> on the armour. And yeah. where are you going to no, like, no, Dave, you bought the wrong game. You bought the wrong thing, that, wasn't it? No, you don't decide about the armor. They're just tanks. World They're of historical. World of yeah, geeky tank design. I think is what yeah, you, you, bought. you brought some knockoff version that actually cost no, you money. No, 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 this is well the same done. one you were talking about. Well, we'll lead you. We'll lead you through it another time then. Um, right, now, the only game tanks. I was interested in. What's in the cupboard behind Simon Ray Mayer? He keeps going in the cupboard behind him, and I want to know what's right. going on in the cupboard. It's probably a game of whiskey. Simon, what 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 have you been um what have you been playing? Scaringly, other than tabletop simulator, um, I really don't play too many computer games of a wargaming standard. Spending ten hours of my life being working in IT, I generally want yeah. to do anything other than play with computers. Um, but I do have. I, uh, I've seen you. I've seen you playing games. Yeah, when I, when I do need to kill brain brain space or brain cells, I've got a an old uh, game called UFO Enemy Unknown. It's a um, a, a squad. You know, aliens come on to invade the Earth. You've got to kill them. Um, you've got a squad of um, soldiers. You run around. You make. You build different technology, and you get bigger guns. And you blow things up. Um, it's a hoot. It's simple. You know, things explode. Things go squish. You have tanks and um, powered robots. Life is good. Okay. Well, look, it sounds like there's quite a um, quite a schism here between um, between those of us who play games and those of us who don't. But um, but you know that's that's the big wonderful world we're in at the moment. This means war. So we've done podcasts, we've done computer games. Let's do something really old school, um, you know, in this world of Facebook and Twitter and, and whatever the new social media platform is, Wargaming on Instagram. Um, what about old school 
proper honest to goodness forums um you know i don't think we're quite going back to um stanford.edu mailing lists or anything like that but um but if we just talk about you know let's all quickly run around the screen and looking at forums which forum do you use if any do you, do you find the most useful there's still quite a few out there there you know i'm certainly monitoring the traffic when i post up battle reports on mad axman and where those traffic sources come from forums have really declined in in traffic numbers over the last certainly probably over the last 18 months two years quite quite noticeably and i think that is facebook sucking up but but there's certainly still some very good very strong forums out there so if you were picking just one forum to to put into your internet you know um favorites bar what would it be so um i don't know peter what about you is there a, a forum that, um, that you would recommend above all others yeah well apart from the two you know the ones that are just directly game related like mm. the adlg forum or the be yeah. forum that, that's um, more general support isn't it that's that's not yeah. really a, yeah yeah um lead adventure forum i look at that sometimes because i mate i i, I like doing wargaming I, I like some of the stuff as you've probably heard from the podcast a lot of people paint a lot better but the depth some of the people go to on there building some of the stuff out i am just constantly uh surprised amazed oh. um you know it, it's just very curious to see where people are going at and what they're looking at and uh, you know, they'll start building out a, a whole force or in a period that, you know, quite frankly, I, I barely knew about. Um, so I find that interesting to dip in just to see the wild and wonderful world that some people are looking at. Okay. Um, run, running along the screen, and Tamsin, you're, um, you know, there must be some hardcore painting forums or specialist stuff there. No, I I used to be a regular on, TM, on TMP, but that but, dropped off. But, 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 yeah. I don't think I've looked at it, even looked at it for several months now. I yeah, partly well because it just got it was just getting more and more toxic. Yeah, it's just got very very weird TMP, didn't it? Yeah. Well, it depends where you were on forums. So if you avoided the bits like the general chat or whatever it is, yeah. Then within specific subject areas, period areas, it was fine. That's good. But now that's you know tailed off. What what are you using? What what's your first go to? Sort of Facebook groups and are there any old school forums at all? Uh, any old school forums or, that you'd use? Right or company specific forums. So. so there's not a general forum for you that's replaced what TMP uh, used to do. Uh, so occasionally take a look on Led Adventure Forum, but not too much there. Yeah, okay. I, Led Adventure Forum. It's I just find the format. Yeah, it's it's actually very, very um, siloed, yeah, isn't it? Complaint about TMP, about the yeah. format of TMP, but I find Lead Adventure actually worse to it. To yeah, it's quite the, the silos are quite tight, aren't they? I guess the, the historical periods are broken down quite a lot. Okay, um, Adam, what what about you? Um, anything for for you forum wise that you um, I don't really do? I still I still go on TMP. Actually, that's my. Yeah. Um, that's my usual if I'm on a bus or a train and I've got some time to, yeah. um, I'll have a look at that. Um, because I think I still go to that because I, I just don't do forums very much. So it's, yeah. I just haven't bothered looking at anything else. Although 
it is a bit so i've come yeah. up with a plan that if i ever want to get banned from tmp i'll come <laughs> up with a plan and here's okay. my plan to get banned from tmp this means war I think it might get banned, but it would be yeah. funny. No, you wouldn't get banned there. You'd be you'd turn into a hero. Yeah, you'd be you'd, you'd become <laughs> a moderator, wouldn't you? Don't yeah. get, they don't get British yeah. sarcasm. No, I think I think there might be a bit of incidental British music sarcasm. British sarcasm tends to get British British members there banned. Yeah, that could be it. Yeah, yeah. So Andy, do you Andy do you um do you visit any forums other than um other than the gaming specific ones? No, not really. Um, if, I, if, I, if I want some research and stuff, I'll just bash in the topic and see what comes up and then sort of follow it out from there rather than go to a particular forum for my guidance and information. Okay. Um, Simon, what, what about you? Um, top left-hand corner there. Any, any forum stuff or you um, with your multiple Facebook identities? Are they, still, are they still going? Did they catch you out? No, um, I still have my multiple identi identities, which is always great fun, watching um, people get confused with um, deceased. Yeah. Uh, I, <laughs> I have a warped sense of uh, humour, so at the best of times. Yeah. So we've talked about Let Adventure and websites like that. The other one I quite enjoy going to is the War Games website. Mm -hmm. So um, oh, no, we, We've gone viral on the War Games website. We've, um, we've created a... Oh, our our conversation last week has created a burning hot topic. Is that one that was set up by Michael Stockin? I, I think so. Yeah. yeah. Yes, I think it was. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Another yeah. TMP refugee. Yeah. yeah in, in their general general tab, our um our discussion about um why not pay proper money for proper figures or whatever it was from last week has um has created almost a, a viral moment. I think there's about twenty different posts in the thread um only a couple of which are mine actually which is, is good but it's been it's been kind of unlike enlightening but but, are all but yeah, the other simon's alternative, alternative we're not going to admit that we're not going to admit that it, it you know the um we'll be able to sell the advertising numbers to to the vast array of people other than martin from vexilia who are, are, are hurling free stuff at us to give away <laughs> another competition at some point as we speak um due to our huge listenership on the pod so um no, so the so TWS is, is you know, it, it exists. What is that kind of become your your go to then, Simon? Or yeah, between Lit Adventure, um, so Lit Adventure is more for the uber nerd. What people have done, you know, at the nth degree of you know, random sci-fi or stuff like that. The War Games website, um, I find it just quite nice from a what's happening in the world. Um, there's also a so which which bits of that do you use because i i dip into the ancients piece but that seems to be pretty slow there's not not a lot happening in the ancients bits are there because ambush alley have a section of it now don't they as well i think but... they do but um regretfully ambush alley basically died so mm. they um, they were with osprey they had their own website things went bad their website died and they've never really recovered from that so like you gave up on the game because no one really played yeah. it. Um, I do go through um, the sci-fi forums as a keen sci-fi nut. I always need more tanks and robots. They're quite good just to see what's happening. Um, and there's just a few other random uh, blog spots or um, 
uh, war games uh, terrain websites like that, where they're just often fans of people like that who are just posting things that interest them and uh, stuff like that. Okay, on on the blogger network. Well, the other one yeah, is um, I, called what, war, war games, games news, news and terrain. terrain. Yeah, yeah, that's the other one. Sorry, it's war games news one. and terrain. Yeah, yeah. Um, war games news, war game news and terrain. Okay, that, that's a new one. That, to make that usually has a good roundup of the latest release stuff. And yeah, like that. I, it doesn't really I've, have a form. I've, I've got, I follow their blog and they follow mine. But. Okay, well, yeah, if, if if they're following your blog, that puts them in the um, in the top tier, doesn't it? That's the answer. That's all good. <laughs> um, no, it just means they're following my blog. Fine. All right. Okay. No, big yourself up. Big yourself up. All right. Then, well, look. Finally, then, um, Dave. What? Oh, no, um, did we come to you earlier? I'm trying to remember. Yeah, Dave, you're there. You you follow some obscure history thing from um, University of London or something? When I began again, 13 years, 10, 10 years ago, whatever, I, I, I really like the ANCMED, the old Yahoo group, which had uh, Duncan Head and people like that and all the historians. Did that come with slimline salad dressing? Oh, it was really good. It was really in-depth nonsense with Nigel Tallis, who's a... Uh, He's now uh, uh, works at the British Museum. I think I pissed him off with my first ever um, contribution to the group by saying that the Akai Mini show at the British Museum was pretty rubbish. And he went, "Well, I yeah, we all we all know that feeling, Dave. There's there's six of us here all vouch for that one. But um... I mean, the one thing I use a lot is Pinterest. Okay, because when I'm researching armies, there's loads and loads of pictures, and I find that's I think that's really useful. Pinterest. I think that's yeah that's a good um that's a good lateral that's a good lateral um selection actually yeah because you know it is just a big library of images but but actually that's probably what we all want a lot of the time there's a lot of fit figure pictures there as well aren't there so I, I mean I, I've, I've got quite into it so I've, I mean I've sitting here you know I've created Napoleonic French Dragoon, Württemberg Napoleonic, Hessen and Westphalian, Frankish Army, Janissary, uh, Thracian and just collected all the pictures. Oh, Samurai. I was doing Samurai Army. So mm. I went through Pinterest and just went every Samurai picture, collected them all together and sort of got ideas from that. So I think hey. that's a really good useful thing. Yeah, so it's your new collage mood board. It is. It is my <laughs> collage mood board. Samurai interior decorating tips from um, with a New England style, probably, if it's anything like the rest of Pinterest. Quite probably. Yeah. There was one other I was going to mention. This um, Napoleon, or whatever it is, uh, N A P O L U N, which is Napoleon, his army, and his enemies. Which N A P O L U N dot com. It's it's pretty basic from start, but it's really good. It's okay. Do all the stuff, and it's a good grounding. I think. Well, look, you know, anything that sounds like an idiot's guide to Napoleonic Wars, we're all over that stuff, absolutely like a rash. And the other, th and the other thing that we're all over like a rash is, of course, Andy's quiz music. Uh, before we go to Andy's quiz music... I think we're there already, mate, but... Um, yeah, sorry. <laughs> uh, sorry. I, uh, on on the, the bit like the Napoleon site, Seven Years War, you've got a chronoscaph. Yeah, that's a good one. A lot of information on that. Very detailed, so you get the details, battles. Chronoscaf, K-R-O-N-O-S-K-A-F. Chronoscaf. Okay, that, that sounds like um, 
your new character in XCOM, Peter. Um, <laughs> probably wears a big cape and a black hat. Um, So look, we played Andy's quiz music and um, we're all disco down as um, that's our last disco session before Christmas, apart from the next two times we play this in the next three minutes. So um, fire away, Andy. Hit us with, with last week's questions and answers and then, um, then this week's questions and then we can tease people over the new year before we come back with the answers. Okay, well, last week's questions were about martial law. The first one was, which French marshal was shot by Napoleon at a hunting party for which Berthier got the blame? Messina, that's correct. Which marshal's opinion of the strategic significance of the watershed of France was, quote, if I stand here and take a piss, half of it will go into the Atlantic and half of it will go into the Mediterranean? Say nay again, because that's the only one I can remember. In fact, Marshal Blucher. Prussian Blue commander. Kid. That was the other one. Okay. And which marshal once sent a message saying, my centre is giving way, my right is retreating, situation excellent, I'm attacking. Fuck. Yes, right. Easy. Easy. Calm down. <laughs> <laughs> Andy, hit us, hit, hit us with um, Andy, hit us with this week's questions then. Okay. Well, today is 7th of December, the anniversary of Pearl Harbor. So this quiz is all about sinking ships. So it's called Going Down. So question one, what unfortunate coincidence connects the cruisers HMS Edinburgh and the submarine USS Tang in World War II? So Adam, you might know this one. You'd hope so. He's probably played a um, spreadsheet-based video game for eight hours to try and build it himself. Right. Question two. What was the nationality of the warships which sank the French battleship Britannia by gunfire in 1940? I know that one. Okay. And number three. Which rare fate befell submarines CSS Hunley and HMS Thetis? Not sure I could even spell them. That's lucky then. Yep. Okay. Would you like me to tell you now, or do you want to keep it hanging over the holiday? I think we should keep everybody hanging on tender hooks for the next possibly a whole month over Christmas, because then it will give everybody something to look forward to in the new year. That would be my vote. So, on that note, let's hit the music. The questions are answered, the questions are asked, and, um, and we're now waiting for the answers until the new year. So whilst we, um, we run pell-mell towards the end of this pre-Christmas podcast, um, let's just do one quick run around the screen to see what does the next week or couple of weeks or, or, or stuff stretched into Christmas bring to your gaming planning. So, so Adam, you, know, you mentioned you've got a game. Um, you've talked to us about 30 sets of Thracians, but um, is, that, is that the full thing laid out anything else is going to sneak into the queue well nothing's going to sneak into the queue because tomorrow i'll be getting um my boy's christmas present which is um a cricket bat which is a very expensive plank of work 
word that needs to be um, needs to be um, knocked in. Build. Which, if you don't know about knocking in a cricket bat, the first thing you do is you put some linseed oil in it and leave it for 24 hours. That's the easy bit. You then hit it with a mallet for about six hours. Um, <laughs> I've got some budget meetings if you meet, need me to break it in properly. Because, yeah. <laughs> um, and that's not an exaggeration. And I can't do it while the boy's in the house because it's yeah. like, Dad, what are you doing? Nothing to do with Christmas. Bang, 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 bang. bang. bang so yeah, yeah. So I'll, I'll be hit, hitting some very expensive wood with with a mallet quite a lot. Hit me with your cricket stick. That's three times in one episode for that music. That's quite remarkable. Right. Um, so, Andy, what about you? What's, what's coming up for you in the next few weeks? Um, Italian chips with a stripey um, barbershop doobies. Yep. Um, I'm, I'm painting about 30 of these things at the moment, about another four or five when I've finished. After that, probably the Hannah Mags and Cromwells that I've ordered. And then the Greek temple. And then maybe a 10 mil skeleton army. And I said, if I finish all that lot, I'll have achieved quite a bit. I, I just uh, love the way you just slipped in and maybe a 10 mil skeleton army there. Quite, quite, you know, is that one that you bought without thinking accidentally? No, sub, no, no. Subcutaneously I, I, or whatever it is? No, it's just, been, it's just, been, it's just been sitting, sitting in the back of the cupboard for, for, for years on end. Yeah. Well, what it's Andy did was he kept painting up World War II armies and it turned out that he had enough to do a 10 mil skeleton army as well. Just with spares, yeah, just with spares that were lying around, indeed. All right. Um, Simon, you're, you're also the person who buys weird skeletal things, um, or, or things from the back of beyond. Um, do you think the rats will take you to the new year, or have you got something else that's going to sneak in? Hey, I'm a war gamer. I'm, of course I knew we'll, uh, we'll slide, it, slide in. Um, but yeah, I've got more rats to keep me going, so I've got um, at least another 30 rats to keep on going, plus they're big... Um... That's an unfortunate um, expression during lockdown, isn't it? I've got rats to keep me going. <laughs> um, I've got a few, also a few more vehicles, uh, sorry, I've got a few vehicles for the rats to paint. But um, last week, or the last couple of weeks during the Black Friday sales and all that, some of the miniature companies may have had sales, may not have, but hey, I was on the website anyway, so um, part one of my uh, Ottoman Turks for ADLG uh, Renaissance has a, have arrived. So I've got the Lancashire, the Vexilia range have, have arrived. Yep. And next week, the QR, sorry, hopefully this week or next week, the QRF miniatures will arrive as well. So they'll give me all the Janissaries with muskets. So um, that will keep me amused for at least a few weeks. Okay, good. So there's some Ottomans on the way. No, and I think we're going to do a quick... Um handover of, of QRF and then some um, th those two American football playing rats as well I think uh, at some point to do a, do a very strange transfer uh, in we'll in, call it a business strategy or a um, yeah, yeah. Development meeting, yeah outdoor coffee based meeting all right um, Peter I guess you're you're staying in and hoping to recover do you um, but at least this gives you long enough to kind of you know once you're back up and and functioning fully what do you think is going to be on your painting list um it's uh, finishing off uh, the Napoleonics. Um, I've got to rattle through those. Um, I've got various pieces, some of which uh, Andy kindly sent to me with the Bavarians and that. Um, but then uh, I, I just want to sort of round it out and um, do a couple of the bits. So I might look to add to that because it's one of those things, it's sort of, 
creep into a oh i'll just throw in some wurtenbergers or something else but have you got um, any bavarian think, light infantry uh, peter yes i have got those That's, they're, they're, uh, they're nice, they're nice uniforms actually, they're, they're nice yeah. looking color uniforms green and gray yeah they're, they're quite nice but I, I i want to actually do a few more tts games so i can actually try out battle empire because there's there's different ideas different groups and uh, i've been trying to work on a sort of um you know the short guides we did a couple of times and we started up an aglg i mm. want to do a couple of those because like it's for me it's a it's an easy way that once i've created a cheat sheet to actually then learn a game properly um so i can enjoy it a lot more because if i can get it up and going faster i can play more on it and then the more games i've played the more likely i am to actually get my army better for when we are finally on the tables again yeah, it would, it would be good to get some more games in over the next few weeks. I think one of the things I think we've all talked about with this podcast is it kind of obliges you to do a bit of painting and, and there might even be a, a benefit to not being quite so obliged to do painting um, to, to do that. And, um, you know, that, that's, that's another possibility. Um, Mr. Saunders, what about you? Are you um, just going for going to reflock everything now that you can let uh, grass stand up on end? I'm hoping, you know, Hope beyond hope that Giuseppe and uh, Legio Heroica gets our little order in before Christmas because that's my sort of Christmas New Year project is to do a Legio Heroica 1250 Spanish army and get the right transfers from Veni Vidovici and the right flags from Donington from Damien and do a really nice job of creating my favourite bizarre medieval army. You know, that's my long-term project. Other than that, it's like trying to clear up the table and finish lots of little projects and things that are stuck together and, you know, clear, clear the decks, I think is... Clear the and you decks. flock your Christmas tree with that thing. Yeah, exactly. And uh, go through the drawers of the lead mountain and wonder what the hell's in there and try and relegate it to first and second divisions, I think. You might find you've got a Thracian army. Oh, the other thing is to sit here and look at the War Games website and look at the comments about our podcast. Yes, yes. <laughs> I wonder what the hell we do. Tim, we'll have to think of somebody to offend this week so that they keeps it going over the holiday. Oh, I must admit, it's, it's fascinating to see that there are, well, you know, we're here on a, a sort of painting first podcast and um, it is fascinating to remember that there are people there for whom figures are just gaming pieces and and that's you know that's just a different way of doing it isn't it i suppose that's what that's what a lot of it boils down to um but no but no but no yeah but no but no, but no it's yeah. okay figures gaming pieces because they are for me as well because i'm yeah. again painting isn't really my hobby but it gets to the point of okay that's cool why not use well printed cardboard because yeah. it can look good, you know what I mean? I'm, and I don't see, mm. mean that as an insult. Well-designed yeah. cardboard counters can look good. Yeah. And they're a lot cheaper. And the painting's sort of non-existent. So mm. it's got to get to that point of why use figures at all. Yeah, you don't no, have I, the emotional involvement in them, do you? You know, when, you paint, when you've painted your figures and you put them on the table and they win or lose, it kind of means something for about mm. five minutes. 
But yeah, because if, if you paid if you paid someone else to paint them and they lose, you can blame someone else, which is, yeah. is much more satisfying. <laughs> Indeed. Um, Tamsin, what what about you? You've got um, you know, potentially have you even got a house move coming up, or um, over the next, I guess not over Christmas, but um, you've got the, the finishing off the cobblestone stuff and and what, yeah, what's in the pipeline after that? Finish off. I and then next figure in line will be. Oh my lord! Judge. Judge Dredd, 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 Dredd special, special mini. The yeah. life, the sentences. Uh, yeah, so I've got that figure to paint, and then I haven't decided what to do after that. Okay, well, look, we'll all keep an eye on your blog over the festive yeah, the, period. My house move doesn't look as I was looking at the completion work won't be until uh, won't be until off sort of early, sometime early New Year. Okay, always the best time to do it for sure. Yeah. Um, all right. Um, I'm just trying to think who else we've got to go around the um, around the room. I think that's the full set, isn't it? I, I, it's just me. Um, that may be the answer. Yeah, I think it's it's going to be a question. One of the big issues will be whether the Dunkelgelb um, spray arrives from, I think, Element Games, because I've ordered a, a British tank spray and Dunkelgelb from the Plastic Soldier Company range from Element Games and the Dunkelgelb's in stock and the British one isn't. And I think it sounds like everybody is having in the world is having supply chain troubles. Um, in fact, I did see something on, on one of the forums that um, some sort of obscure chemical, which has been hard to get from China because of COVID and, and, and all the rest of it is having a knock on effect and um, battle foam type stuff foam packaging for wargaming figures is one of the things that's suffering from it so um, so people who make carry cases are running out of raw material because of covid in china 10 months ago um so there's all sorts of kind of weird well, things that's but that's why the order which i played several months ago with figures in comfort never i think that could yeah could I, ended much... up, I ended up cancelling it right. yeah in fact no i think there's one of those companies might have even gone under it might even be them you know i I can't remember which one it is, but I think one of those companies may have gone because they just can't get the materials anymore. So um, there's that. So I think it will be, if if that does come, the German tanks may jump to the top of the queue. Otherwise, I might just go on a bit of a rebasing frenzy or I might actually open that cupboard and and get out the, um, the black sail ships and start doing that as just a completely different project that, that I'll be in no I, hurry to do. I thought you were going to do a British Napoleonic army. Of course I'm going to do one, Peter. Of course I'm going to do one. But that's going to be next year's lockdown project. Oh, just before we go on, just to say, if anybody fancies a game, I can book a table at Entoyment. It's only a couple of hours down the M3. That could be the answer, couldn't it? Yeah. Mm. We'll do face-to-face -face and um, mask-to-mask, but with um, with breaks for, for pints of tea. Podcast yeah, on tour. Yeah, Sorry? if we don't end up in tier three before Christmas. Yeah. Don't say that. Yeah, <laughs> let's all say, yeah, maybe if it's tier three, we'll be doing daily podcasts over the festive period. So, but until that, let's all um, keep our masks on, keep our fingers crossed, and hopefully not see each other until the new year. So, goodbye, everybody. Bye. Goodbye. Bye. Goodbye. Bye. 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 safely.
so so Dave, have you done have you done anything else other than play with this electrical toy all week? It's hard enough getting the batteries inside it. German and Tiger Tank slippers. It just eases into those crevices.